Charles from the Barbershop Group Podcast. And Riley here as your co-host. Today, we're going to talk to Steph Slack. Okay, we're going to talk to Steph Slack. And as you guys know, that next month here in the United States, we're going to be uh, entering a month of suicide prevention and awareness. And uh, we're going to double back and talk a little bit about suicide again, because we feel like we can always uh, talk to you guys about suicide. We don't think that we talk about suicide enough. And with the uh, the month coming up, we think that it's uh, a good time to bring stuff on and, and, and really, really get in deep and address this issue. And uh, one of the interesting things that that um, is great about Steph is that Steph is coming to us today from the UK. Uh, Steph has worked in copywriting, corporate social responsibility, communications for some of the top law firms in London and Melbourne. She's done a lot of stuff, guys. But her passion, her real passion, uh, has been men's health. You've heard it right. Another woman whose passion is men's health specifically. Okay. And she focuses on raising awareness of male suicide. She's a facilitator, a writer, a consultant, a speaker. And while doing all of that stuff, she's pursuing her master's in mental health, ethics, and law from King's College in London. And get this, guys. She recently delivered her first TED Talk on TEDx Folkestone called We Need to Talk About Male Suicide. You guys will get a link to that after the show, but uh, we're glad to have you here. Steph, are you with us? Yes, thank you so much. I think that's, uh, that's one of the like, most flattering introductions I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> so um, really pleased well, to be here. <laughs> yeah, we, we really want everybody to know exactly who we're talking to. You know, we make everybody feel at home. We want the listeners to understand uh, who we're talking to. And so we really do thank you for joining us um, this morning over here and afternoon. Uh, in the UK. And just so you know, Steph, we do have a lot of listeners and we have a growing uh, listening, listenership in, uh, in the UK. So it's, Amazing. it's a great time to come on. It's a great time to come on. So, you know, Steph, um, you, you, you did your Ted talk and you talked about male suicide. And one of the big takeaways that I got from you is that, you know, a lot of people aren't really having the conversation about male suicide. A lot of people don't even know what the statistics are in the UK uh, or in America for male yeah. suicide. So we wanted to talk to you a little bit about what you're doing to help address uh, male suicide in the UK, because I understand it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So um, as I talk about in TEDx, I mean, 70, about three quarters of suicides in the UK are male. Um, and it's 12 men a day on average that will take their lives in the UK. And I know those statistics are replicated, um, I think, sort of in America, in um, mm -hmm. Australia, in Canada, there are other countries which have quite um, high male suicide rates. Um, mm -hmm. And really, for me, TEDx was the first sort of um, big opportunity to put this on a really public platform, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. And my work focuses around just encouraging people to have that conversation um, by showing them that it doesn't have to be um, a scary conversation to have um, and you know I do it in my day-to-day -day interactions with my friends and colleagues yeah. and people that I work with and my hope is that the TEDx encourages that conversation um, mm -hmm. and then with the masters that I'll be doing also that I'm able to um, to do workshops and talks and facilitate more conversations within organizations to help them understand how to tackle what can sometimes be obviously really a sensitive issue Yes. Um, yes. So, so really quick, before we move any further, I, I've got to point this out because you talked about the numbers being similar uh, in America, similar in Australia. And it sounds like what we're looking at is Western industrialized yeah. nations. 
So what's going on there? What's, what's maybe, you know, a corollary? What do you think is happening? Yeah, so I think it's really complex. Um, and I think that there's not been a huge amount of research that's specifically been done around suicide and around male suicide. Um, and I know there's an increasing body of research there's people who are starting to look into this in much more detail. Um, but I think, you know, what I speak to in the TEDx and what, what we hear from the research that does exist is, is around breaking down those sort of traditional concepts of masculinity um, mm -hmm. and this tension between what we typically expected of men um, around, you know, being the breadwinner of the family um, being the one who has to be very strong and you know if you go back um, years and years ago you used to caveman times you know be the person who went and got the got the food and brought it back etc yeah, so that yeah. those traditional notions of masculinity mm -hmm. and then what we have now which is a increasingly um, complex landscape where they don't really stack up anymore and we're you know it's not necessarily what women expect of men and it's also not what men have ex expect of themselves mm -hmm. and i think we don't have um very many role models that um, break out of that rigid stereotype of masculinity so i think what you find um increasingly is men who um who are finding that those stereotypes don't work for them but they don't have any other options almost. And, and that's quite difficult to talk to, talk to anyone mm. about. And, and their identity has traditionally been linked to things like their job and their finances. Um, and again, that's shifting. Um, so it, it's really, really complex. And I, I don't think there's ever, when you talk about suicide, there's never going to be one, you know, one sole factor um, right. that causes that. But I think the, the, the men, particularly the, the conversation around masculinity and the way that that is changing, I think is, um, is probably factoring into to the high suicide rates. Transforming gender norms, enriching mental health, engaging in social support. These are the goals of the YB Men Project, a social media intervention created specifically for young black men. To learn more about the YB Men Project, visit us at ybmenproject.com. The YB Men Project is funded by the University of Michigan School of Social Work, the University of Michigan Depression Center, and the Steve Fund. I like that you uh, pointed that out because it's it's uh, it seems like with the uh, gender roles and, and stereotypes that mm. uh, I guess that are more traditional, it seems a little simpler. But I, I think you covered a lot there, Steph. And I'm not saying we're gonna you know solve all the world's problems in a 20 minute conversation, but no. I kind of. <laughs> I'd like to focus in on on uh, just one piece of that is when, when you talk about the societal expectations mm -hmm. and pressures and stereotypes and the roles that, you know, when we talk about defining what masculinity is, it seems like we can pretty easily define what it used to be. Yeah. But I feel like today and, you know, since in the, in the days uh, knowing that you were going to be coming on, I've been talking to friends and family members about this. And, and it, it, it kind of makes me almost think of, of when we talk about like issues of race and we have, you know, right, white, white privilege mm. and people, some people don't know how to wrap their heads around that and what that is, uh, even though we live in it and yeah. we experience it. And I think we can say the same thing about masculinity. We live in it and we experience it, but we, some of us still don't know what it is. And I feel like when we're, when we're changing this definition of masculinity, it almost is like it's leaving this void or this gap and we don't know what to fill it with. 
And I'm wondering if you could use your expertise and perspective to maybe give us some direction or steer the ship a little bit in trying to fit, like, what is that space that we're being left with? Or can you, can you, can you speak to, can you speak to, or what are your, what are your thoughts on that? So, I mean, uh, so obviously to point this out, I'm a woman, so I wouldn't, (laughs) I wouldn't want to speak on behalf of men, I think is what I'm saying. And I was really conscious of that in, in my TEDx talk, you know, I'm talking about male suicide, I'm talking about masculinity, but I'm talking about it from a woman's perspective. So from the conversations I have with men and from what you've just said, you know, yes, I think there is men are, men are struggling to redefine for themselves what masculinity means. And then the added layer to that, I think, as well, is that um, on the other side, you know, you, women, you have women who are then also having to deal with that change and not only men redefining for themselves what masculinity means, but also women redefining their own expectations of men and of masculinity. So I think my um my take on it i think is that often often i um i'm exposed or i don't know how um necessarily this has worked but obviously increasingly so as i have more conversations like this i'm exposed to men who i would say um defy those traditional masculine stereotypes and are more sensitive more vulnerable um just demonstrate what we would have traditionally called more feminine qualities i guess i think that's amazing you know these that i have close friends um who who demonstrate all of these characteristics so i wouldn't necessarily say um my expectations of what masculinity is are are the same as those traditional notions and i think what i wanted to do was encourage women to think about some of the ways in which we maybe reinforce those stereotypes, which could be perceived as negative for both men and women in their daily lives without really even thinking about it. Um, And, you know, down to things like having an expectation that men pay for the first date, for example, or that they should pay for all dates or having an expectation that boys or men don't cry and that's not something that they should do or feeling uncomfortable if if a man cries or trying to shut it down because you don't know how to handle it like those little things that we could change um, regardless of actually whether we're men or women but in order to to sort of break out of these rigid stereotypes that we seem to have um have constructed for ourselves in society wow so guys you all you all are listening to uh you're listening to steph slack uh tedx speaker uh in the uk who also focuses on male suicide a huge advocate in getting men to talk openly about uh, male suicide and we will continue right after the break guys are passionate sports fans so passionate that our moods and our emotions are directly linked to the fate of our favorite team but if your team's loss turns into a hole punched through the wall or a remote control tossed through your LCD TV screen, then you might be a little too passionate. Visit HealthyMenMichigan.org to take a free anonymous mental health screening and find tools and resources to help you get back in the game. Based on your results, you may be eligible for a paid volunteer research study. This program is funded by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So guys, we are back. We are back on and we are talking to Steph Slack out of the UK, a huge advocate uh, for men and male suicide. Uh, She recently completed her TEDx talk there in the UK and uh, did a fabulous job. And if you guys uh, have been listening to us, you know that uh, for a long time, Riley and I have been talking about these different ideas of masculinity. And uh, Steph, you know, you mentioned something uh, that was very important. You talked about some of the traditional, um, the traditional 
roles of men. Mm -hmm. And you were saying, well, you don't want to speak, you know, you can only speak from a a woman's perspective. But now I'm going to come in and mention something that I know that uh, a particular group of individuals in the United States is dealing with, and it's presenting some really interesting challenges, okay? African-American men, we're talking about a marginalized group of people, um, a colonized group of people, an oppressed group of people, right? Um, They are, these men are struggling, Steph. Mm -hmm. They are, they're struggling to push back against what Riley uh, mentioned in terms of white privilege, but at the same time, they're struggling to find their identity outside of um, those oppressive forces, okay? And one of the things that I see happening with a lot of African-American men is this, while pushing against white privilege, they're also actually retaining some of maybe the bad messaging out there about men. Understandably so, if you haven't had the opportunity to maybe explore who you are as an individual, right? Um, But it turns into uh, tattered relationships with women, obviously, right? It turns into tattered relationships with other men. And a lot of men that I talk to, they don't say it openly, but they're experiencing huge levels of fear. They were previously uh, fearful of white oppression, and some still are. Obviously, we've got some issues with some police departments and stuff like that, right? But they're also experiencing fear of not meeting the expectations of the women who they felt they were generationally supposed to protect. Mm -hmm. And the reason I put emphasis on the word protect is because I think that we have a problem with how we look at these relationships. If we're talking about that, I am the male, you are the the female, I am Tarzan, you are Jane, I protect Jane. Well, what happens when you can't do that, you see? And for a lot of individuals, they didn't grow up with that environment. But, you, you know, Steph, we do have women over here who are saying, this is what a man is supposed to do. He's supposed to do this. It's supposed to be like that. If I'm walking down the street with him, he's supposed to walk on the part of the sidewalk that's nearest to the cars and all of this kind of stuff. And you go, whoa, (laughs) like, where are we going? And a lot of people don't realize that it's just a steady bombardment of these expectations that men try to meet for sex and companionship, but psychologically, it never really works. So my guess is that it's really, truly the same thing in the UK as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think, and think probably elsewhere as well. And again, because we're sort of hitting on these classic markers of what it means to be a man and traditional stereotypes of masculinity. Um, And I think it's, again, it's complex because you've got um, two concepts of gender, um, and then, as I say, not not just um, men trying to redefine what it means for themselves, but understand what what role they want to currently play in the world that we live in right now. But then also um, the messages they receive from other men. But then also, as you said, as you pointed out, the messages they may well receive from from some women um, mm-hmm. about what women perceive their role to be. Yeah. Um, so. I think ultimately, I mean, we are all individuals. Ultimately, it always comes back to 
um, understanding yourself as best as you can and creating the time to really spend time with yourself and try to understand, you know, what does it mean to be me? Like what characteristics do I want to develop? What are my personality traits and my strengths and what kind of person do I want to be in the world? Um, and I think that that can maybe help us get some way to actually breaking down some of these stereotypes because we stop talking about gender so much and we actually just talk about who we are as individuals and we right. are all fully human and we're all able to express yeah. ourselves in whatever way we personally feel comfortable doing. And I think maybe that's yeah. how we how we move forward and we move past what can sometimes become a bit of a bit of a argument i think um we we are all fully human if that's not a quote already it's, <laughs> we'll, we'll write that one out steph slack we are all fully human that's awesome uh, i think that that's a, a steph in my work as a as a mental performance coach and working on you know with athletes student athletes i, I spend especially when we talk about leadership i spend a lot of time mm. working on you know the individual the self building that foundation but i think in this in this conversation um one of the tricky things that uh, that I want to talk about, specifically talk to you about that we heard in your TED talk is when you talk about suicidal ideation, mm -hmm. when you have the thoughts of, you know, there's all sorts of different severities of, you know, whether it's just, oh, man, this, this sucks, I'd rather die, whatever, you know, and you're just kind of joking around. And you can take that all the way to you're, you're, you're actually contemplating it and planning out yeah. Um, you know, doing the act. And I think that that's something that I remember you saying that it's not wrong, or it's not, it's, it's, it's not bad. Uh, it, it, you're okay to have those thoughts. It's normal to have thoughts like that. And that's, that's something that just on a gut level, I have a reaction to. And I'm sure that there's a lot of other people that can relate to that. And they say like, Oh, how could you say that? So, so I, if you can answer that question, how yeah. could you say that? Talk me through that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, so it's sort of, I put it to put it in context. Um, mm. I was, I was talking about the fact that um, we, we all die. So all of us will die. Um, and we might die. We might have our lives taken from us. So we might die because our physical body fails us or we have an accident or whatever. Sure. Um, so actually how, unusual or uncommon is it to think about being in control of your own death because if we're going to die anyway and i mean there's a whole we could go on a whole nother tangent about people have a fear of death and choose not to think about it at all but right. given that we will all die actually um i don't think it's that strange to think about being in control of your own death um, and therefore i don't think it's wrong to think about taking your own life because all you're doing is giving yourself back control over something that inevitably is going to happen. And in most other areas of our lives, we want to be in control of what, what is happening to us and what we're doing. Um, so that was sort of the, the, the context. Um, and then, you know, aside from that, our brains are wonderful, wonderful things. And um, we can imagine things that don't exist. Um, you know, we can, we can think back all the way to the past. We can think about, we can project lots of things into the future that may or may not happen. So I just don't find it. I just don't find anything wrong with the fact that we could contemplate our own death. Um, and I think, I mean, in the TEDx talk, I asked people in the room to raise their hand if they've ever considered taking their own life and half the room had their hand up. And I suspect if you ask any room, those statistics would broadly be replicated. Um, there is some research around this and it's low. I think it's like one in four or one in five people have, have, have responded to a survey and said they would consider taking their own, they have considered taking their own life. Um, but I suspect it's probably higher than that. 
in reality. We're just scared to say it because we're scared about what it might mean or what might, people might think of us. Um, but actually, I think it's, it's not, there's nothing wrong with, with having those thoughts. Um, I think that clearly the issue comes where that, that is being caused by something in your life that um, you're not giving enough attention to or feel that you're unable to deal with. And then it, it hits that crisis point and people feel like they don't have any other choice other than to take their life. Um, yeah. And that is why we need to have more open conversations so that people don't get to that point or we don't wait till people are at that point before they start talking about this. And we're actually able to talk more freely about how we're feeling, what's going on, identify where people might need, you know, really immediate help and support. And that only comes if we're able to talk about it because we can't read each other's minds. That's very true. Guys, you all have been listening to Steph Slack, a TEDx Folkestone speaker and uh, facilitator, writer, and a consultant uh, who works with uh, men and, and really addresses male suicide. And uh, we'll be right back after the break. Hey guys, Riley here. If you're enjoying today's show and would like to hear more, you can gain access to member-only content by going to patreon.com slash thebarbershipgroup. We aim to provide as much value as possible to you and the rest of our community, and our listeners play an important role. So if you want more content, or if you're just happy to support our mission and the other men out there, head over to patreon.com slash thebarbershopgroup to contribute today. So guys, we've been listening to Steph Slack talk about male suicide uh, in the UK and in Australia and uh, in the United States. Hell, just in Western industrialized nations because we got an issue and we need to talk about it. Um, you know, as you guys heard Steph say, it's okay to to think about uh, the the end of your own life. It's it's not okay to ignore some of the feelings that you're having. There are other things that are going on. And when you were talking about this stuff, you know, I, I thought about uh, just a, a pressure cooker, mm. right? You know, just that, 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 that pressure cooker thing. And, um, you know, if you don't let some of the, some of the air out, it's just, it's just I mean, what's bound to happen. And I generally say, and I, I've said this to Riley before, we men are really good avoiders. We yeah. know how to avoid all kinds of stuff, right? You know, whether it's like a late, a late due bill or this difficult conversation that we're going to have with our partner or, you know, this thing at work that has to be done. It's avoidance is like a thing. We actually think that by avoiding problems, we fix them. <laughs> Okay, but we know that that's not, we know that that's not, we know that that's not true, but I'm glad that you, you did say uh, today what you said, and I'm glad you said it in the TED talk that it is okay um, to acknowledge that, that you're actually having those thoughts and those feelings. It's not strange. I've been there, guys. You know, I talk about it in the upcoming book. I, I share it with friends and family. Yeah, there was a time when I was going through something emotionally, financially, relationally, where, you know what, I thought about my end. I really did. Um, and I had to come to grips with it. It wasn't embarrassing for me to talk about it. It actually made me feel better yeah. by just acknowledging, hey, you know what, you're just really not in a good place right now. Like you don't feel safe and that's okay. It's okay to say you do not feel safe. I mean, hell, I just got done reading this Navy SEAL book and the guy was like, people think that Navy SEALs don't get scared. Yeah. We get really scared. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so it's real, but I, I do thank you for, 
for mentioning uh, that, Riley. You, uh, I know you had one more thing that you had on your mind. I could tell by the way your brain, <laughs> you, you're looking at it. Charles is good. At, Charles is good at reading me uh, with my, <laughs> my facial expressions. But yeah, I just well, I want to say thank you too, Steph. And um, you know, I don't, I haven't shared this with too many people, but uh, when I was younger, I, I went, I had a depression, and I had some of those same thoughts. And and I, it, I love the way you put that. That you know that it's not that it's not wrong, and that it it does. It, it's not strange to have those thoughts because I think what what that does for us, Steph, is that it gives us back the power, and it gives us it's it's empowering, and it gives us back control. And if I had taken those thoughts and said, you know what, I'm a terrible person for thinking this, and yada yada yada, I could have gone down a real bad, uh, you know, a real bad spiral, or a real bad rabbit hole there. But instead, I guess, luckily for me, when I had those thoughts, uh, when I was a kid, I immediately thought, oh, man, I need help. <laughs> and, and I think that's the thing is, is it's not the thought itself. At least what I'm hearing from you is it's not the thought itself that's wrong. It's the fact that something else is something else is wrong and we need to help we need to speak out we need to get help with that whatever whatever the situation is and that we do have influence and we do have control over those areas of of our life whatever those areas are and so i i'm i'm incredibly thankful that we were able to have you on today and that you're able to speak to some of these things and i wish we could go into every single detail of your ted talk if we had more time but uh there's only so much you can you can cover in in, in a limited amount of time thank you yeah. Yeah, yeah. Steph, um, you know, for our listeners, uh, again, we have listeners in the UK. Uh, we've got a lot of listeners in uh, South Africa, uh, United States and, and beyond. You know, if our listeners wanted to to reach out to you, uh, how could they how could they reach out to you? Yeah. So um, so I have a website. I'm at um, hellostephslack.com. Um, and I'm on Twitter as hellostephslack. And I'm also on Instagram as steph.slack. And so, yeah, you can reach me on any of those platforms. Awesome. Awesome. It's good to know. Again, we like to provide our, our listeners with resources. And sometimes those resources are, are books and literature. And sometimes those resources are people. And we think that the people component is extremely important uh, because we know a lot of guys may read a book, uh, may read an article, but it's actually having somebody to interact with, somebody to talk to about what they have read that begins to change uh, what they think and how they feel. And it just, it does a lot for the listeners to be able to reach out to some of the people who we have interviewed. So guys, again, you've been listening to Steph Slack, a mental health advocate out of the UK. She focuses on male suicide. She just finished her TED talk at Folkestone. Check it out. We will include the link for it, but it was a wonderful talk. And uh, again, Steph, we do thank you for spending some time with us this morning in the uh, U.S. and this afternoon in the U.K. And uh, hopefully we will talk to you again soon. So uh, we always appreciate um, people coming on and sharing their knowledge and expertise with us we can you know thank you enough for that no, yes thank you thank you, thank you. you're so yeah. welcome thank you it's been okay. it's been great to chat to you awesome awesome okay guys so uh you know you uh you had the chance to to hear stuff slack today and uh the weekend is coming for many of you guys again as always we want you all to be safe don't drink too much don't party too much don't avoid anything okay but uh do engage in some self-care and take care of yourselves guys and we will talk to you soon Bye.